0: we're live pal
1: here we go welcome back to pna top 10. we're now a week past the end of the regular season we know the bowls we know who won the awards we have some coaches finding new teams. We got players finding new teams. We've got more teams without their quarterbacks. How will this affect the bowls, Andrew? It's complete chaos now. Anything and everything's up for discussion tonight. What's first?
0: What's first is we got frequent flyer miles to Lincoln, Nebraska. Terry Kyle McCourt has us all on a code red alert that we may have a new quarterback in Lincoln taking over. He's bringing a receiver with him. Looks like they've got a meeting with the Husker staff this week, and uh, I've seen it six different times. You and I talked about it off air. Said you saw it maybe once. Uh, it's almost a hundred percent guarantee he's going to the University of Nebraska as someone who was an eleven and one starter at the Ohio State. Um, I know I gave now you my, you'll my say wish-
1: the Ohio State.
0: I gave you my that'll wish bring list. it in there. It's sarcastic, yeah. <laughs> so I gave you my wish list of what we needed at Nebraska. Yeah. And I told you we needed to retain Tony White, check. We needed to get Bubba or uh, Chubba Purdy on the on the squad, check. For now, he didn't enter the transfer portal and we needed to have turnover drills for all of spring practice so that we can eliminate those. Kyle McCourt can handle the ball. I'm not so worried about that. I still like the idea of having Chuba on the team and maybe we run a little old school option style football with a quarterback that can hit those passes where he needs to. So, be very interesting to see a quarterback from a team like Ohio State come to the 5 and 7 Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, what do those meetings look like? What do those calls look like? What do they sound like? Um, Obviously, Rule has connections to the NFL that maybe Ryan Day does not. But the other thing is, he's leaving one very demanding fan base for another. I saw that with speculation as to why he's entering the portal in the first place, is that the Ohio State fans have not given him a break all year. Um, He'll be met more graciously, I think, in Lincoln, but uh, he'll be expected to put on results. So hopefully... When we do this next week, I can confirm that we have a top shelf like your liquor quarterback at the University of Nebraska.
1: You are giving way too much credit to my liquor cabinet, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think both our teams are looking for some stuff, um, trying to load up in areas that were obvious weaknesses. Pretty excited to see what happens there. Plenty of time to get more guys. Um, I think the interesting dynamic with quarterbacks and the transfer portal has been that, um, you know, guys end up moving right around now and they'll go through spring practice and maybe there's some guys like Purdy, like you're saying, that stick around and um, depending on what the results are of spring practice, They might leave after spring practice, so you might see another wave of things happen at that point. Um, Peyton Thorne was not there early for Auburn this year, and it impacted them because it took him a few games to really find anything. You know, they had a weakness of not having really any receivers, but if you're not going through uh, a lot of practices in the spring or a spring game – you're already behind the eight ball when you come in as a quarterback. So hopefully whoever starts for you guys next year gets a full complement of practices leading up to it.
0: Well, and the biggest thing is they want to be a run first football team. Cause it's the big 10. You want to control the clock. You want to be able to give the defense a rest. All of those things are great, but you better be able to hold on to the damn ball. I always say run the damn ball. You know, it's my mantra during football season, but, If you want to run it, you better be able to hold it. And Nebraska, 31 turnovers this year, way too many, way too many. And against good teams, that means you're losing football games. So I'm excited to see what Kyle McCourt does. I'm not real worried about the transfer portal. Nebraska has four in the transfer portal this year. I think three or four have declared for the draft. So those will be some holes to have to fill. One of our star defensive linemen is actually on the wrestling team, too. So he's oh, doing double good. duty now. Um, he was some gaudy number. I'll have to find it for our 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 social and I'll send it to you, Terry. He was like 160 and O in high school and a four-time defending state champion. That's it. 160 wrestling wins. That's yeah. stupid, is what that is. So yeah. We're excited to have him back, obviously, on the football team and the wrestling team. And so I can get all my plugs in for Nebraska because this will be the last time we talk about him this week. Uh, the volleyball team is in the final four after being the number one team in the country all year. Yeah. And uh, they beat Arkansas yesterday, took four sets to do it. But uh looks like John Cook has the uh, the ladies ready to win another national championship there at the university.
1: Well, all right. Get a little volleyball in here.
0: Hey, 92,000 people went to Memorial Stadium to watch a volleyball game, Terry. They did. Volleyball is as big in the state of Nebraska as football. It's crazy, but it's true because John Cook is like Tom Osborne. Been there forever, won a lot of championships, wins a lot of conferences. Been in the last, what did they say, Um, 11 or 9 of 11 Elite 8s six final fours he's been in like the last six. just stupid stupid success there so uh and you know we'll see how the ball bounces pun intended but for now i think we want to talk about the other sport in the state of nebraska and that's football so there you go
1: we might could squeeze it in that might be something we can put on the list well why don't we you know yesterday Uh, We are recording this Sunday evening, just to throw in there, to let you know that yesterday was Saturday. A day early, mind you. A day early. A day early, but we'll see if I stay up late enough to edit and post. (laughs) It may come out tomorrow. Um, But anyway, my plan this weekend, I thought I was going to wrestling this weekend. Um, There was a threat of tornadoes came through and that got canceled. So I completely forgot that the Heisman ceremony was happening because I'd already planned to not be able to watch it. And then I'm just kind of sitting there on the couch. I don't know what I was doing, but uh, happened to notice it was on. I was like, oh, crap, Well, let me change it over there. Uh, And I watched that. And um, kind of as expected, I guess, Jaden Daniels, quarterback for LSU, he wins the Heisman, um, former Arizona State quarterback, kind of left Arizona state with a lot of uh, trash talk in his direction about him not being high quality, but um, he turned it around and, um, you know, you can tell a huge difference between his numbers at Arizona state and LSU, which is kind of weird because we say the opposite about Bo Nix, right? We talk about go from the tough sec defenses out to Oregon and all of a sudden you're not facing a lot of good defenses. Jaden Daniels did the opposite. He went from the Pac-12, which is supposed to not have great defenses, and went to the SEC, which is supposed to have really good defenses, and his numbers are huge.
0: Yeah, I think the difference, though, primarily there is that you've got uh, Daniels going from Arizona State, not a great football team, right, to, to LSU, a mid-level football team in the SEC West. Uh, to be fair to Brian Kelly and his uh, Tigers. On the other hand, you got Bo Nix leaving a down Auburn. Um, particularly it sounds like on the administrative side of things, there in the Auburn football world. Well, that's a
1: hundred percent of the time. We we'll won't um, get into that tonight.
0: But I mean, then he went to a very well organized, known for offense, speed, and a lot of athletes in Oregon. You know, there's an advantage to playing in Oregon and at LSU over, at least last year, Auburn, because I don't know that Bo Nix with uh, uh, Hugh Freeze, I don't know that Hugh Freeze couldn't have got a lot out of him either. I mean, he's, you know, he's such a good coach. Mm -hmm. Nix is a good player, but obviously Dan Lanning got a lot out of Bo Nix there at Oregon. But he also surrounded him with the pieces to be successful. Right now, Arizona State is not the top of the list in the Pac-12, and LSU isn't either, to be fair. Um, But we saw what Daniels did against Alabama and what an important piece he was all the way up to when he went out. Uh, Now, granted, Bama's defense started pinning their ears back just out of almost desperation because every time Daniels had the ball, you had to hold your breath because you didn't know what was going to happen next. And he got put out of that game early. That game might not have the same outcome if Daniels remained playing 14-point victory for the Tide, as you remember, Terry. I think you have some text messages in your phone about that game. But... Um, can imagine who know. that would be from. <laughs> no idea. No idea at all. But the the point being, you've got those caliber of offense there. and And let's face it, I get that Marvin Harrison was in the Heisman. That was a courtesy. Um, you know, I told you I thought Bo Nix was the presumptive Heisman Trophy winner. We watched Daniels turn it up the last half of the season, and then wa- then Penix from Washington falls off and still draws the second-place vote. So, oh, he
1: did it by I, a lot. This was the closest one they've had in a few years. Um, Daniels had just over 2,000 points, and Pennix had 1701. But Bo Nix was in third place with 885, so he was very far behind those top two.
0: And I don't know that that's accurate or just subjective. I yeah, mean, what I what type of criteria and factors are you using when Bo Nix had the touchdowns, the turnovers, the yards, the productivity um, to have a Heisman's Trophy season? Here's what happened. Because he, he lost – lost I to mean, Michael Penix twice, but Alabama beat LSU as – Well, Miss I mean,
1: J. Daniels Ole lost Miss a lot, and, and he won. And yeah, FSU, it's yeah, it's inconsistency. It's <laughs> inconsistency just the same way that the polls are. <laughs> I know that everybody and, says that.
0: I'll throw this out for our Florida State fans. Y'all should be pissed again because your quarterback was so important to the football team and them not getting into the playoff that he should have won the Heisman in a landslide – and he was at the bottom of the ballot. <laughs> I don't so know if i go that go. far, but he yeah. should
1: not have been below Harrison. I mean, I think Harrison – and I said this last week, I think, that if you look at the LSU stats, there's two receivers at LSU that had the stats that Harrison had. Are we just doing it based on potential? I didn't think that's what the Heisman was supposed to be. I think Jordan Travis should definitely at least be – he should have been the fourth guy at the very least – and should have been invited, and I I think that's um that was not done very well. I think it's just so much inconsistency.
0: Well, and that's obviously so political too. Um, you know, you've had your RG threes and your uh, the quarterback that plays for Baltimore out of Louisville. I always forget who it is. I forget his name every single time. But anyway, the the oh. current <laughs> Baltimore quarterback. Um, I know <laughs> you, They lost games, but a lot of times the Heisman Trophy winner is on you know, the national championship team or a team that's going to have the opportunity to play for that. And that isn't the case. You know, the last time it was this close to a was the runner up. um, Yeah. Tagovailoa. So really, there's not a lot
1: of Marshall Falks lately, a guy that's mm -mm. on a team that doesn't sniff anything, but he was so dominant. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was the argument with Sue when they put him forth back in 2009. As he played for Bo Pelini's nine and three or nine and four Nebraska Cornhuskers, but he was a one man wrecking crew and went in the first round, rightfully so, to the Detroit Lions the next year. I honestly thought Sue should have won the Heisman, not Colt McCoy. But what the hell do I know? So, uh, you know, there you go. But uh, anyway, another Heisman Trophy. Um, might as well just give it to the quarterbacks because that's what it's become. Yeah. Woodson's the only defensive player to ever win it. Sue finished in the finals in '09, And I don't know that you've had a defensive player finish in the finals since. I'd actually have to look it up. I don't know. Um, and I say the finals, I mean the final four, you know, cause well, there's whoever probably gets more than, yeah, yeah, sometimes
1: they invite more. I think they invited six one year and that's cause um, it was kind of a runaway and a five way tie for second or something. Almost. So they invited six at that point, but yeah. it, it depends on who's close enough to the top.
0: Yeah, and and that's you know I think that Bo Nix losing to Michael Penix twice mattered, but when you look at his stat sheet, those stat lines, the the productivity, the the control of the ball, the clock, the turnovers, etc. Bo Nix is one hell of a quarterback. Had a great yeah. season, and uh, I don't know that he's pro, you know, material. Terry, but uh, we'll find. You never know. You never know. Bryce Young won the Heisman and has been a complete flop of Carolina. So, um,
1: well, here's a little bit of a note on Bo Nix. His dad, Patrick Nix, over the weekend won the head coach at uh, Central Phoenix City, I believe, in Alabama. Um, Won the 7A state championship this weekend as a head coach. So, um, obviously, that's not the high school that Bo went to, so he's moved on to a different school. But um, won the 7A state championship, and there is a hoss of a receiver on that team that is committed to Auburn, and we need it.
0: Yeah, you guys got to have a little, little uh, – you've got to have targets for your quarterback to throw to. You've got to have people in the offense that Freeze can call. We all know he's very capable. That's not the question. The question is, is he capable enough to get his team around him? And for, you know, people that may or may not care, we don't care because this is our show. We're gonna talk about Nebraska and Auburn and of course Alabama roll tide. But Auburn, we don't
1: have to talk about Alabama.
0: you know. Has funny. flipped three and have gotten commitments from several others. It looks like it's working. Whatever this time we will admit that we're warranty. paying the guys. You That's know, right. In the past, That's we right. wouldn't
1: admit that, but we will now. And I did hear something, speaking of that, I did hear that um, the NCAA is trying to shift the NIL a little bit, where it looks like they're actually, instead of this independent NIL um, group, whatever the collective or whatever it is, Um, They're going to allow direct payment from uh, the university. Um, I'm not sure of the rules. I just heard it a little bit earlier. I think the NCAA felt like they didn't have enough control. So now if they introduce this, then they will be able to lock it down a little bit. I don't know what that means moving forward. Obviously, we are shifting a great deal in college football. There's also been rumors about the Big Ten and the SEC talking to the NFL about creating a farm system for the NFL. I don't know much detail about that, but I'm hearing all sorts of craziness all over the place. Um, This ain't your granddad's college football. Not at all.
0: No, we were having this conversation yesterday at work talking about bowl games, and I was informing one of the younger salesmen, he's 19, And I told him, I said, I'm mathematically old enough to be your dad. I said, which is why I can remember this. There used to be the New Year's Six and maybe five or six others. And that was it for bowl season. They were all going to be after Christmas. And now we've got 43 bowls from the Duke's Mayo Bowl to the Pop-Tart Bowl to, you know, the Meineke Man Bowl, the toilet bowl, the cereal bowl. The marijuana bowl, I mean, you've got them all. It's absolutely absurd, the growth in bowl games. But it's to your point about these NIL. Everything now is about money, and nobody will convince me otherwise. I thought about, after listening back to our show last week, you were talking about how eventually this is going to get to the court system. I don't see any world where you're wrong. Because when you're talking about this sort of money at stake in terms of recruiting – these these guys are no longer student-athletes. They're professional athletes. You know why? Because they're getting paid. Yeah, That's the difference. Professionals get paid. Now, have they always gotten scholarships and some sort of financial compensation and things that we don't talk about? Absolutely. But, I mean, now you can go out on television and say that Caleb Williams is a million-dollar NIL figure for the University of Southern California, and, by the way, he ain't playing in the bowl game as we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, where we weren't sure what teams you're going to see and not see. And we'll get into some particulars on that. As Yeah, I've got a bunch of information.
1: We don't have to dig into all of it there. But um, I tried to go through all the bowl games to see who has opted out, who's in the transfer portal. Actually, there was one, and we'll get into that in a minute, but there was one quarterback that's in the transfer portal that said, I will play in the bowl game. Because like every other quarterback on the whole roster was either injured or in the transfer portal. It's pretty ridiculous. It's like there's a couple of games that are almost like the JV teams playing against each other. Yeah. And at and what point is, do the sponsors go? This is not good enough for us to sponsor this bowl game.
0: And what point does the university have some sort of uh, position to be able to step in to say, say, "Look, you're a scholarship athlete. The season's not over till the bowl game is played." Because the bowl game generates us revenue, which we use to keep this university open and to give you and the other student-athletes scholarship money to be able to attend said university. So again, tied all to the money. I'm not sure, Terry, that uh, you're not going to start seeing some of it, like you say, litigated. You're going to have to see it pared down. You talk about monetary control. We We are swapping millions and millions of dollars over college football. Between the actual NILs, the payments, the network rights, the travel, the games, the tickets, everything you can possibly imagine—it's a billion-dollar business at this point. There's no way it's not with 133 oh, football basically. teams. Um, so it's a billion-dollar business. Somebody's got to manage it because it truly is the wild, wild west. Um, and like I said, it's—and we talked about it when I little, you know, the little mini rant you like to set me up with with Kyle McCord. This is an 11-1 and quarterback from the University of Ohio State that is going to be look like playing for the University of Nebraska. You went from a national championship contending team to a team that's been in a rebuild for the last decade and a half.
1: Just in time to not take advantage of the divisions.
0: <laughs> and not playing the bowl game against Missouri, which means that Ohio State team is a completely different football team.
1: You know, kind of go back to the whole statement about, um, not to cut off that thought process, but, you know, I was thinking as I had said that about the sponsors, you know, I wonder if we end up getting to the point where ESPN is going to have to sponsor these games and just take control of it at that point. Because, I mean, that's kind of how they do their cable um, packages, right? Because if you get cable, ESPN, all the Disney channels, are part of the package. And that drives up the cost of the package. And you can't yep. say, I don't want the Disney stuff.
0: Or you ESPN, didn't. or Hulu, or whatever. You've right. got to have all And it three. drives yeah, it up
1: for it. everybody. Yep. Um. Maybe the idea is these are the bowl games that ESPN wants, and they just sponsor them, and it's it's a a big package together. I don't know who's paying them. Um. I don't know how those deals work out. The conferences or or what it is, but um, they're good at that kind of stuff. They'll get their money. Um. Just interested to see where that goes. You know, uh, we we continue to straddle the line between standings, championships, and playoffs versus bowls and and polls and that kind of stuff. And I wish, um, you know, Mike Leach had a great commentary about the playoff committee and how stupid. So
0: good. So I mean, everybody
1: needs to go out there and watch that. You want – I mean, what an intelligent guy that Mike – I, I hate that we lost him, but this guy, you know, there was always rumors every time it, – it's sad for me to say every time Auburn fired a coach, like it happens so often, but there was always rumors about, oh, we need to get Mike Leach, and everybody's real scared of that. Like, oh, he's unpredictable, but he was such an intelligent guy. He understood so much. This is not a football player that became a football coach. He was an attorney that liked football that somehow, and I'm going to have to look this up. Maybe we'll do a whole show about him. That would be a fantastic show. But to me, I want to know how did Mike Leach end up with an offensive coordinator job? What led to that?
0: At the University of Kentucky, before Stoops stole him away to Oklahoma, yeah. How did had that the number end up one happen? offense had the number one offense at the University of Kentucky, and of course Stoops is the DC down there in Florida, right. and then he goes to he goes to Oklahoma and he brings in uh, Mangino and and uh, uh, Leach and Leach. Let's face it, you know we would have a good time. I'm not an air raid guy, but Mike right. Leach is the is the godfather of the air raid offense. The NFL that you see today, you all can thank Mike Leach for because the passing emphasis came from him first and nobody passed on first down. What's he doing? Nobody passes right. on second down. No, I mean, and he would have these exotic plays, he'd draw them up on the sideline. Uh, he would have multiple signals and calls, check downs. Yeah. And 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 you know, he did it everywhere he went, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. His offenses routinely found ways to frustrate defenses and make very good football teams look trivial, look just oh, yeah. ordinary. And and that was his that was the legacy that he has is the love of the game. But without Mike Leach, you don't see the Lincoln Rileys. You don't see the Steve Starkeesians. You don't see the big lane, big name or big game lane. Those are those air raid, high powered offenses. Mike Leach is the godfather. He did it before everybody. And his legacy not is his love of the game and being able to change it to a point where the pass isn't just a third down option, it's the offense. The high tempo isn't just a two minute drill to get the touchdown at the end of the game. It's the offense using trips, right, left, double motions, jet sweeps. Isn't just one play. It's the offense. So Mike Leach had an incredible run. And, you know, I think like you, Terry, it's a damn shame. College football lost a giant when he passed away last year. Uh, I mean, it just – and people are like, yeah, but Mike Leach never won a national championship, or he's not Nick Saban, or he's not Urban Meyer, or, he's not the head ball coach. You know, all these – he wasn't, but he didn't have to be, and that's what makes him so special is Mike Leach was Mike Leach. And the one thing I love about him, and I know you do too, he never deviated from who he was. Right. It didn't matter what university, what school, what president, what coach – he was Mike Leach and he was that's who I'm gonna be is who I am. So we get the fun videos, like you said, the the uh we've talked about the one before with the mascots where oh, he's yeah. deciding which mascot in the package. We talked about Halloween candy they, and another one. Halloween we could do a top candy. ten
1: list on our favorite Mike Leach uh conversation. That
0: would yeah, be great. I, the thing about the playoff was hilarious because he's like, well, right now we're the number seven team in the country, which means maybe we're pretty good. But we don't know if we don't get voted into the top four by this committee. And right. this committee is a group of people that get to decide if I have a better football team than this guy. And they don't know that any more than we do till we play the And the rant was. I mean, he was dead on it. And, I mean, and he, he was, was talking
1: about you don't see other leagues doing it why aren't the other leagues doing it if it's such a great idea?
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and his whole point was he was on the expansion of the playoffs six, seven years ago now mm-hmm. before we've decided we're going to go to 12, yeah. which I still argue is too many, but uh, that's a I conversation like it. for another and day. I and I think <laughs>
1: it, it has to do with my comment last week. You know, originally I would have thought that 12 was too much, but if we are after getting the top eight – Teams in, or possibly even just the top four teams in, you know, we can talk about, well, the number 13 team's going to be pissed. Well, you know what? The number 13 team, I'm pretty sure they're not top part of the top eight. And that's what four, we're four. really after. Yeah. yeah. So if we if we allow ourselves to say we are trying to target getting the top four teams in every year by putting more teams in, I'm good with that. If we think that we're going to have the top 12 or the top 16 or what top 24 or whatever number it ends up being, we're not going to do that every time. You don't do that with a committee. But if you're saying we're going to expand it out big enough that we know that we have the top four, I'm good with that. I'm good.
0: With right. And, and it's like you and I've talked about uh, off air, on air, whatever, that this whole four game scenario where you got the group of the group of four or yeah. the group of 12, rather the group of eight, the group of four and then the championship. It essentially can do what they're doing now. You take a week to 10 days off, you get game one, the next week, game two, the next week, game three, because we're going to run these bowl games for the next four weeks all the way into early January. So I think the championship games what January 9th, tenth, something you know on um, yeah eighth, okay. So there you go. I mean you're you're talking you're going to run it into January. So now instead of just having meaningless games, we're going to have one or two significant games yes. every single week of the bowl season. I, I I I like you think there may be too many teams. One hundred and thirty three. It's getting worse. How Delaware is moving up. 43 bowl games is too many. And then you're going to add playoff games.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if everybody played, why not? But when the response to having that many games is that the good players are not playing anymore. What is the point? Why do you even play these games? I mean, who's getting rewarded for this? These guys are deciding not to even play in it because it doesn't matter. At that point, you almost say, you know, we talk about is 12 too many. It almost feels like all these guys want to be in a 32-team playoff. And I've never wanted that. But if that's what it takes for guys to actually play, Maybe that's what the future is,
0: and I don't. Yeah, know. definitely it kills me. Definitely. Uh, I had music playing in my headset the whole time you we were talking. That was. <laughs> I awesome. didn't
1: hear it. You're not sharing it's, it. That's fine.
0: Stupid <laughs> Apple Play on the watch and all this, but anyway, I got you. No, that's that's really. I mean, the bowl games, the the pollouts, all of this stuff is so much to discuss because all we want to talk about is the football. But this yeah. is all the rest of it that goes into it. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy.
1: Well, let's shift gears a little bit cuz there was one game this week and I've always thought, why does why does this game get its own week? Why do they get to the delay? I have completely turned to 180 on this. I am Maybe it's cuz I'm older and I appreciate things more. Um Army and Navy was this weekend. Army beat Navy. I don't have the score. I should have jotted down the score.
0: 17 to 11.
1: 17 to 11. So, it was 17 to 9. Army had the ball, and they took a safety to end the game, and it made it 17-11. Apparently, that put them on the over, so there's some conspiracy theories or whatever, but... You know, the game is what the game is. Army beat Navy, go Army, and all that. But, you know, we have these debates over what's the biggest rivalry in the country. You know, um, there's a big argument over, you know, there's three rivalries normally that really take the argument between the Iron Bowl, um, Texas, Oklahoma, and Ohio State, Michigan. You know, those are the three that are normally stated. Um, And then there's another group that says, well, nothing comes close to Army-Navy. So I get it. You know, the SEC's slogan is it just means more. I think it really just means more to Army-Navy. You know, we we say in these big rivalries that you could lose all the games all year and as long as you beat that other team – then you had a good year. I don't agree with that as an Auburn fan. If I beat Alabama and I went one in 11, that's not a good year. It is as close to being true for Army-Navy as it is for any other route Because these, these guys are not winning a national championship. You know, it is a different thing. And this is the reason I believe I'm I'm really grateful that they have their own week. Nobody else plays. There's some FCS playoffs, but they get their own week to do their thing because this is this is something different. You know, I, I watched a little bit of the game. I watched more of it normally. I did I didn't get to see all of it, but um, it is a different thing. It is it is kind of set apart from that. Now, I'm not going to put it on the top of a top 10 list when we talk about rivalries, because I think there's a lot more factors with um, like Michigan, Ohio State. You're talking about a lot of games like this year where they come in undefeated and one of them is going to hopefully win a national championship. That happens a lot in that game. And that, to me, makes it a bigger rivalry if I had to rank them. But there is not a rivalry anywhere close to being the same as Army Navy, just from the perspective of what they are. But um, I'm just glad they have that. their own week. I mean, uh, that's the best I can say as far as that goes. And I'm glad. Yeah, I'm
0: have. not. A, it's not must see TV for me, I'll admit it. But I appreciate right. and respect the tradition. Obviously, the longest running rivalry. Army got the sweep this year. They Terry remember ended Air Force, um, and then uh, they're undefeated anyway, and took them out of the top ten or twenty five. And then of course they got the Navy, they beat Navy. I'm sitting there the other day. I was watching the end of the game. My brother in law, he's a Navy guy. My nephew, of course, will be a, a second lieutenant in the Army when he graduates from the Virginia Military Institute next spring. But uh, so of course they're texting each other. They've already started oh, yeah. that nonsense Army Navy. Uh, Dad and son. And a lot of it at
1: work. Yeah. A lot of veterans at work.
0: And then the guy steps out, gets the safety. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why aren't they letting him do a free kick? I said, that's the second half of the safety, is you get the free kick because they kept rooting for the guy to just take the safety in the end zone, you know, as time expired. And I said, that's dumb Uh, because then they got to do the run back. Turns out it's not dumb. I guess because there's no time left, they don't do the free kick, even though that could have mathematically tied the game and gave Navy the opportunity to win the game.
1: That is interesting. I wasn't aware of that. I didn't really think about it.
0: I didn't. I wasn't either because I'm sitting there yelling at the TV. Hey, the game ain't over. They get a free kick because yeah. when you get the safety, you get the free kick off the tee. Right. And 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 the opportunity to return the ball. They said, uh, the rule states, because there was no time left in regulation, you, there was no reason for the free kick. And I'm like, but that's now the, here's the question. The safety.
1: <laughs> here's the question. Did the coach know that or not?
0: Sometimes yeah, don't they
1: don't. Right? I mean, so that's an interesting thing. Is that a high IQ call based on that or, or not? But, um, obviously, um they were just hoping to hang on to it at the end. So so that was a pretty good game and good for them. They do deserve their own week, like I said. Um, so, you know, I always got a little frustrated with it back in the BCS days because the BCS would finalize and then the Army-Navy game would happen. And I'm like, what if the computers flip somebody based on this game? But that's – um, that's a good argument against the computers because that's a bunch of nonsense.
0: <laughs> nobody likes our, nobody likes our computer poll anyway, Terry. Well,
1: screw them. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it.
0: But you know, the sad thing is it's pretty close. I mean, really it is. It's pretty yeah, close. I
1: mean, uh, it's, I may revamp it. It might be computer poll two Oh, starting next year, but I'll, I'll, I'll look at all the data. I have and see what we can do, but we won't dig into that today. Cause that's over for the year.
0: And our first piece of merchandise is still going to be hashtag Blame Terry coming to the TNA Top 10 store very soon. Hashtag Blame Terry. So if you don't like the computer poll, you don't like the format, you don't like the audio quality, it's hashtag Blame Terry.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, we're about to get into bowl season. Uh, It starts this Saturday, um, six days from when we're recording this. Um, Not a lot of great games in the first week. I guess we'll kind of run through them a little bit. Um, You know, honestly, I don't even know when we're going to record because we've kind of had this pattern of the games happen Saturday. We do our poll on Sunday. We record on Monday. Everybody starts listening to it on Tuesday. But the bowls are all over the place.
0: And booing us on Wednesday for sure.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Boos are attention. That's all I care about.
0: I got oh. booed seriously this week, but it's okay. I think we're I think we got it we got it taken care of. Are you talking about yeah. the homeless guy? In Atlanta? <laughs> well, I got booed by him too. Uh, you understand? <laughs> yeah, dude, I understand. No, actually, I had no idea what the hell he said. Um, so let
1: me run down the games, and I mean, I don't know that we know a lot about most of these teams. Um, you know, a couple of them we know a little bit about, but. You know, we got the Myrtle Beach Bowl on Saturday. That's Georgia Southern and Ohio.
0: The Celebration
1: Bowl. Yeah, the Celebration Bowl, which is not FBS. That's Florida A&M and Howard.
0: New Orleans
1: Bowl, Jacksonville State and Louisiana. Jacksonville State had just moved up, and they had to wait on a waiver in order to even go to a bowl because they're so new. They were with James Madison in that just to see if there were enough six-win teams to fill the spots. The Cure Bowl, which is Mo- Miami, Ohio versus Appalachian State. The Be New Mexico Bowl, Fresno State, and New Mexico State. Um, we'll get into injuries and all that stuff later, but the uh, New Mexico State quarterbacks banged up. But um, we learned in that Auburn game, they're a pretty tough team, and he's a pretty tough guy. The expectation is he's going to play the L.A. Bowl, which is UCLA versus Boise State, and the Independence Bowl between Texas Tech and California. That's all the games on Saturday. And then on Monday, this is an interesting thing. Technically, this, for one season, is going to be called the Famous Toastery Bowl between Western Kentucky and Old Dominion.
0: Pop-Tart Bowl, baby.
1: No, 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 no. That comes later. But the famous Toastery Bowl, what this normally what is, is, is the Bahamas Bowl. I ask you as a North Carolina resident, sir, they are playing the what is normally the Bahamas Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pretty much the same, right? Charlotte and the Bahamas.
0: Roughly Absolutely. the same environment. Roughly the same, yeah. Especially that's what Bank they of America Stadium. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what they went for. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's it is cold and windy. Well, it's humid and windy here today. We had tornado watches and warnings, but uh yeah, uh not the Bahamas, Terry. Not the Bahamas.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking you'd say. I, I have cares? been to Charlotte. It's
0: Western Kentucky and Old Dominion, for God's sake. Do you think I'm turning that on? Yes, probably, because it'll, you know, be a football game to well, watch. Well, it's the but only still.
1: game that day. So yeah, you're turning it on.
0: Who are we fooling? <laughs> but anyway,
1: so this um this is um this this is sponsored by something called famous toastery. No idea what that is. Do you know what that is? Toaster strudels, bagels, (laughs) you know. So this is the response to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. That's
0: why I thought it was the Pop-Tart Bowl, yeah. (laughs) But look, the Pop-Tart Bowl is going to be a bigger bowl then. That's silly.
1: Well, so the Bahamas Bowl lost their sponsor. (laughs) We're not going to dig into that too much. Last year it was sponsored by – Hometown lenders and it is no longer sponsored by hometown lenders. Oh, yeah. And it moved from the Bahamas to North Carolina for one season, apparently, and it's going to move back to the Bahamas. I don't know who the sponsor is supposed to be next year. Um it is what it is, whatever. So we're gonna have the famous toastery bowl. I don't think that they have stated that they're gonna have a edible mascot like the Pop-Tarts Bowl does, but that's going to be between Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. And how about being a player on Western Kentucky or Old Dominion and you make this bowl game the one year that it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, In every other season, it's, it's the Bahamas Bowl. Oh, man, that's pretty rough. Anyway, the only other game I thought I'd mention, um, trying to figure out when the best time to record is. And I wanted to go through the games before the next time we record. So I will go ahead and say Tuesday, uh, the Frisco Bowl is going to be between Marshall and UTSA. So that's the first group of bowls that I thought we could go through. Uh, We're not going to go through and pick them all. Uh, This is a good opportunity for me to mention that we have, we've kind of ended our picks. On the show, and kind of the way we did that before, because um, we've shifted from the regular season and the championship games to the postseason, we have created an ESPN Bowl Mania picks group. Um, I saw the last time I looked, there was six of us in there. Um, we did post the link to that on all our shows, all of our social media. So if you want to get involved in that, feel free to do that. That's open to anybody. Um, it'll be good to see how many people uh, whip our tails on picking games between two teams we know nothing about. But um should be fun.
0: Yeah, please, 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 for the love of all things holy, come make me and Terry look foolish. Because we ran about 70% for the uh, season. And Terry refused to pick with his heart. And that cost him some points. <laughs> but uh I will always back my boys and it cost me seven losses this year. But go big red. Um oh. actually it really didn't. I think we only picked them once. We only picked them on I was diversifying.
1: Either, you know, if I if I pick against my team, I'm gonna be happy either way. Either I picked it right or my team
0: won. Yeah, I love all these notes you have, too, Terry. This is excellent. Terry's an amazing researcher. Well, there is a part. I actually do do research for two professional podcasts, and Terry does not ask me to contribute to his research at all. He just wants to do it all himself. So there you go.
1: (laughs) I'm going to automate this at some point, but um, I will say that I got a lot of this research. There's a website called lineups.com if you ever wonder about injuries and that sort of thing lineups.com is your source to go get that information they had tons of information for every single bowl game Um, i've put that in our notes just as a backup plan to know these things because you know you guys if you're going to go in and pick these games uh just like we are uh, we need to know who's starting quarterback's not going to be there. There's a lot of yep. starting quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Um, you got Caleb Williams sitting out. I mean, it's like a third of the starting quarterbacks aren't going to play, and that's a huge deal.
0: Doesn't it look like Florida State's wide receiver? Is it Keon Lewis or Ke- whatever? Keon Williams, he's not playing?
1: Uh, Isn't that what Johnny, I saw on social media? You- Johnny something. Anybody that's a Florida I- State fan is screaming at us, but – there is a wide receiver that opted out for Florida state and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. Johnny Wilson opted out.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's. And
1: Keon Coleman has not stated that he's opted out.
0: That's who I was thinking it was, was Keon Coleman because he put a thank you post out on Instagram and stuff. Okay. Like he like, he's saying goodbye to Florida state, you know, uh, and, well, this and, is and that's based what I, on the
1: information I had. That may have happened a little more recently.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. You got some nice notes all the way down here, too. Terry does a great job, folks. I'm telling you. So, so I don't like, know the
1: starters, so I put the number of snaps. <laughs> that's, that is huge information. It's like if yeah. a guy had 20 snaps all year, who cares if he's not there? But a guy that had 459 snaps like Johnny Wilson did, he's on the field a lot. And that's an impact. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think the only games to really I mean, we're going to watch as many of them as possible, but that yeah. Saturday lineup, don't sleep on Miami of Ohio and App State or Jacksonville State in Louisiana. I yeah. know those don't sound like great games, but those are really fun teams that get a lot of press because they play big Division 1 schools. Uh UCLA Boise State has potential with Chip Kelly calling the offense for UCLA, his job is safe. Boise State, of course, has an interim head coach. Remember, Terry, they fired their head coach and he was in the conference championship. Um, And then Texas Tech, California, just depending on who's in and out for both those rosters, could be a lot of fun. So that that was what I say there. Marshall UTSA, you put the note and I was going to bring it up. The edge rusher for UTSA is either on his way to Alabama or Georgia. So uh, he's deciding... Where he wants to go, but he's in the transfer portal. He will not be on that defense for UTSA. Just a couple things to point out give our fans a couple of inside tips. I'm trying to win the bull thing, but I'm terrible during <laughs> bull season because yeah. this is what happens there's injuries, there's declarations for the draft, there's people not wanting to play the game. You see a very good Alabama team in 2008 lose to Florida in the SEC championship and go lay an egg against Utah in the bowl game. So, Well, here's uh, an
1: example. So Miami of Ohio in the Cure Bowl against Appalachian State. Their starting quarterback is out with an injury. Their backup quarterback is in the transfer portal. That means they're going to be starting a third-string quarterback.
0: Yeah, which is why I picked App State. You should, too. Exactly. Also, like you not voting against Alabama, Terry, I do not bet against App State.
1: Yeah, I know you, you got burnt on that one recently, but I understand. And like New Mexico State, there's three wide receivers in the transfer portal, 600 offensive snaps between the three.
0: Yeah, that's big, big.
1: And they also had two quarterbacks that left their championship game with injuries. I mean – it's hard to pick this stuff. You don't know what kind of team you're going to get from half of this stuff.
0: No, that's like looking at Louisville and USC, and we'll look at that next week, I guess. I just happen to be on it. Williams yeah. is out. You got Edge Rush out. The The wide receiver is in the transfer. I mean, you just start naming these things. And then you've got the lineman issues, too. Some of those guys have gone down. They're taking surgeries, whatever it is. Let's yeah. mention this, too, before we forget. <laughs> Dion, I think, got the number one offensive lineman for Colorado, and we love to talk about Dion on this show. But Coach Prime did exactly what he said he was going to do and got the number one offensive lineman commit to the University of Colorado this past week. So If he uh, can
1: get an offensive line for next year and hopefully a defensive line, next year might be the the year they jump up in the standings. Now, obviously, they're not in the Pac-12 again. Because that is not a thing.
0: But that'd be a dangerous count. damn offense if you give that quarterback some yeah, time, Terry. That's true. Because he's got all the weapons around him. But if he don't have, it's just like I tell. I talk to people about Bryce Young, you know. And it's not because I'm an Alabama homer, but it is. Bryce Young does not have the time to read the progressions to make his decisions because his offensive line at the unit or at uh, Carolina Panthers is so awful. He looks like garbage. He's 5'11". He's a pocket passer. He can't see over top of his offensive linemen, and he doesn't have the time to read the progressions. And there are people calling for his head, and the coach has already been fired. So um, that offensive line, Shador Sanders didn't play the last game because he had an injury. He was injured because he got beat up all all season long. You know?
1: Don't confuse it. There are a handful of guys on that Colorado roster that are very good, and we've talked about Ballers. It's just that they were not balanced at all. But Mm -hmm. here's – I did find the one. So Utah is the team I was thinking about. Two backup quarterbacks are in the transfer portal. Cam Rising, the starting quarterback, and backup quarterback Brandon Rose are both injured and out. That's four quarterbacks, either in the transfer portal or out. So Bryson Barnes, who got a lot of snaps this year, you know, when Cam Rising got injured, Bryson Barnes played. Even though he's in the transfer portal, he's going to make the start for Utah. That is a very weird situation, but that's the kind of thing that we're going to see moving forward with all of this movement in these rosters and these guys saying, this is a game I don't even want to worry about. Yep. Yeah, that's
0: like the Florida State-Georgia game had the potential to be the sleeper of the whole bowl season until you start seeing guys enter the transfer portal and or say, I'm going to the draft or I'm not playing in the bowl game.
1: You know, we got Louisville-USC that I don't know what to do with that one either because Louisville hasn't looked great lately. Um, And then USC... Caleb Williams is not playing, so I don't know. Just flip a coin on that one too, you know. There, there's a lot like that, and Texas A&M obviously with um, coaching change. There's and we're going to talk about that in
0: a second. Yeah. But we're talking about the transfer portal, reading the articles and stuff we read on ESPN and everything. And I know ESPN's got a lot of heat with some college football fans right now. But they do provide the information. It's kind of how I look at Meltzer in the in the professional wrestling world. So if that's who's reporting and that's reading, you can read it and you can decide for yourself. But they said A&M lost, had the number one recruiting class under Fisher, lost the most players to the transfer portal.
1: And I bet Oregon State's right behind them too because they've got a lot, you know, with the coach leaving. A lot of they're their players to, seem to be talking, following him.
0: They're talking about DJ ending up going to play at uh, Florida State.
1: Man, he's all over the place.
0: Yeah, and he's he's already had one trip. In the, uh, he's already had one trip in the uh, ACC when he played at Clemson. So you know he knows what that league is about, even though it's about to be irrelevant because um, it's going to get swallowed whole by the SEC and the Big Ten. But um, I think think the Big Twelve will too. I don't think they'll have a lot of competition coming out of either of those schools.
1: Yeah, but. I don't. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot before next season. It's going to be so different next year compared to what it is this year. And it's different now than it was 10 years ago. But this is. Uh... Yeah, like
0: you said, we'll talk about some more of these games. Keep an eye on the Missouri Ohio State game, the Cotton Bowl. Obviously, Ohio State's quarterback is in the transfer portal. Missouri's a good football team. Does Missouri get a signature win against Ohio State this year? Um, Because depending on how much Ohio State's defense either doesn't play, enters the transfer portal, or goes to the draft, you know, Um, because that was really the backbone of that team this year was their defensive output. But Missouri, make no mistake about it, it's a good football team. So that might be fun next week, Terry. We we pick five or six of the good games that we actually have seen (laughs) these teams play. Right. Um, no disrespect to any of those teams, because we've watched UCLA a little bit, Texas Tech a little bit, California a little bit. Um, right. You know, like like you call it, that bottom half of the Pac-12 is really, really strong. Yeah. Uh, very good. Bottom of the bottom of the heat, but it's always interesting too because we talk about non-conference to see how these conferences stack up against each other, regardless of how the pairing goes. So. Whether it's the Big Ten versus the SEC or the Pac-12 versus the Big 12 or Big Ten or whatever your matchup is, uh, Notre Dame, of course, against whoever you know they don't have a conference. But uh, well,
1: there may be more without conferences. That, that's one thing that we might get out of this. You know, we we talk about Florida State to the Big Ten, but what if Florida State decided why not just go independent? yeah if i'm not mistaken
0: that would be the 19th team in the big 10 how many teams is too damn many i think
1: we're gonna push and push until it all explodes in some way i mean this is where i talked about lawyers i talked about you know we talk about these super conferences and you know everybody's got a video online about it like here's what my plan is Uh, whatever um but it's um, it's definitely pushing the limits on a lot of stuff. Um, the NCAA's kind of been loose for years and not had control, and they've got so much less control than they've ever had. It's going to yeah, blow up, and it's going to blow up big. Why don't it's bad? Why don't we run through some of these big names in the transfer portal a little bit? That's some of the notes I got here. We have the destination of a handful of these guys. And um, some of these were a little bit of a surprise. So Aiden Childs, backup quarterback at Oregon State. You talked about DJ, but Aiden Childs is following his um, head coach to Michigan State. Yep. Um, Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard, uh, went into the portal tagged as Do Not Contact, which I didn't even know existed. He's obviously going to Notre Dame, from what I understand. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kentucky has done something good here. Um, Georgia backup quarterback Brock Vandegrift and Texas A&M wide receiver Raymond Cottrell are both going to Kentucky. So that's pretty so big much for them for, to get both.
0: So much for Mark Stoops doesn't know how to coach, huh?
1: He can coach. Yeah, I like how the A&M guy goes to Mark Stoops. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> yeah. You know, after and then my Gabriel. last
0: week. Gabriel yeah. out of Oregon, and I believe he and Marcus Mariota went to the same high school in Hawaii, didn't they? Oh
1: wow! Do, am yeah, I making I that know.
0: up? Am I making that up?
1: Could be true. You could make it up. I got no clue. We'll go with it. How about that? But here's some here's some more quarterbacks and running backs and others that are changing uh, changing schools. Apparently, UCLA quarterback Dante Moore, uh, Washington State quarterback Cam Ward. Um, there's a lot of interest in him obviously uh Florida running back Trevor etn, Kansas State quarterback will Howard Texas Am um Jake and max Johnson both. Jake is the tight end Max is quarterback I believe that's Brad Johnson's sons the quarterback the old quarterback of the uh, Buccaneers and wherever else he may have been. Um, they are moving on from Texas A&M as, their, as uh, Jimbo got fired. Ohio he State. Actually,
0: yeah, he actually right. didn't, sorry. He did not go to the same high school as Marcus Mariota. He broke the Hawaii State High School record oh. at Mililani High School, and Mariota went to St. Louis. So still same class, et cetera, et cetera. I knew there was some tie there. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, 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 um, that's fine. And I was mentioning Kyle McCord. Like we said earlier, we think he's, unless something weird happens, he's headed to the Cornhuskers. Um, Arkansas yeah, running back Raheem Sanders. He's in the transfer portal. Um, there's some quality. Why would there. you
0: list? A, why would you list a Vanderbilt player? What's wrong with you? Because he's good, sir. Fucking
1: he is Vandy. And he's probably <laughs> – he's on Auburn's list of hopefuls. Oh, hey, there I, it is. Look, there it is. Went, no, no, listen to me. <laughs> I went through the list. I did not put these in this order. This is the order they were in on the web page that I was looking at. This is where he showed up. He is actually a pretty talented guy. Happens to be on Vandy, so obviously it's not a stellar team. But um, of the players on Vandy, this may be the best one.
0: Yeah, he's a like I said. I'm just teasing you, but you you were running that list down, and I I want all of our fans to hear it. A and M wide receiver, A and M tight end, A and M quarterback. I mean, that's wrong. Without without Jimbo, even though Elko's coming in, they're not interested in running that offense any longer. So, nope. and they don't have they don't have Patrino either. So they lost the entire offensive coaching side. From the head coach anyway and the offensive coordinator, you know. And that's
1: funny because uh, the last one I mentioned was an Arkansas running back, and that might be the reason he's leaving, that Petrino's yeah. coming in. He's going to pass. Petrino's morning. coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so then Mississippi quarterback Will Rogers, who's, um, you know, he's had a great career at Mississippi State, but um, he's moving on from there. Um, Miami's quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. Up Coastal, and down all year. Yeah. You know. Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall. He's a little interesting story here because he was in the transfer portal last year, but he had some grade issues. And I think he might have been headed to Auburn. He Auburn was high on his list. But there not only again, that, coach. but he's back in the transfer portal. But he had he has not played in several weeks because he had a really bad concussion. So you gotta think that that's gonna be a factor with this guy. Are you gonna bring this guy in and he's gonna have some health issues? I, I don't know. That's interesting to see. And the last one, as we've already mentioned, uh, DJ, and you uh, you said Florida State was a somewhere you saw that he may go.
0: Yeah, landing landing area of Florida State. I uh, talking about him going back to the ACC. Obviously Mike Norvell knows how to get the most out of passing and mobile quarterbacks and let's face it DJ had a great season at Oak, at uh, Oregon State didn't have a really good season at at uh, Clemson so right. who knows who knows bounce around I think so you he found the right spot right I'd say I think he just wants to play football at this point you know I think let's, he graduated
1: uh... so that's why he's transferring now I think several of these, when we say that they bounce around, there are some rules against just bouncing around like crazy. You get one free one without sitting out, but then if you graduate, you also don't have to sit out. That's been a rule for a long time.
0: And let's circle back to it because it was one I sent you a private text on. Well, private, our text messages, whatever. But I'd sent you a text message off air. Uh, Dylan Gabriel going from Oklahoma to Oregon. Uh, Being such a prolific passer like Bo Nix has been, they're just reloading the gun at Oregon. I'm not saying that Gabriel's as good a quarterback as Nick's, but they know right. what they want for that offense. That's for damn sure. They know what they're looking for at Oregon, and it's amazing to me that Gabriel didn't work out at Oklahoma though, because he's a very good football player. But it is what it is, and maybe Brett Venables told him, "Hey, man, we're going to the ACC or the SEC." I don't know if this is for you because we're going to have to run the ball. And that might be on the thought process of a couple of these guys, too, Yeah, uh, that they're not they're not, you know, going to see time. We're changing our offensive schemes, all of those sort of things, because when you lose the coordinators like we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, you lose what you were doing or at yeah. least the person who was coaching you from the Manny Diaz at Penn State. They also lost their offensive coordinator. So, Franklin's got to hire two coordinators now, or he's already hired one, but now he's got to go find a DC that yeah. can give him the output that Manny Diaz gave him as the defensive coordinator. So, that's also happening. These coaches are getting hired along with all the transfers. So, and the well, firing and too, also, Terry.
1: Well, it's also the combining of these conferences. And you talk about Oklahoma moving to the SEC and may need may want to change to more of a running game. But then you've got Washington and Oregon going to the Big Ten. It's like you want to talk about differences in scheme. Um, We talk about a lot of defense in the Big Ten and several teams without much offense. uh, That's not what you're getting from Washington and Oregon. So that's going to be interesting
0: to see. Yeah, I'm really excited to see Oregon in the Big Ten because I love the snow even. I love the matchups, the Oregon versus Ohio state, the, you know, Oregon versus even Wisconsin or Penn state. And like you're saying, it's November football and we got six inches of snow on the ground and it's cold, something you don't see in Eugene or you're Penn state and you got to go play in Eugene and it's raining cats and dogs, (laughs) you know, instead of snowing. But, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fun that way. The one thing I really am concerned about, let's say you put Florida State in the Big Ten. I'm sure that is 18 or 19 teams. That's a that's a ton out of, control. of football teams. It's just too many to me. Especially, and Especially like the SEC the branding, wants to hang on 10. to their
1: eight games, eight conference games a year
0: gotta have, have 16
1: 10. teams i mean come yeah, on
0: you're gonna have to have 10 and this you're is why have to i went on my rotation. little rant
1: last week about 10 conference games if you're gonna have that many teams come on up the number of conference games keep these rivalries intact
0: yeah and you're gonna Kill have them. to have 10 because let's face it okay so you beat three cupcakes you beat the six worst teams and then you played one or two guys and I'm you're the conference champion you know you know what i'm yeah. saying i'm
1: tired of the cupcakes that gets me on my rant about the 133 plus teams i
0: know what buttons to push is what terry just said god they need to make (laughs) me the commissioner
1: i'll I'll fix it all anyway you mentioned the coaching changes and i did kind of skip over that i have a handful of these um you talked about diaz um duke hired manny diaz yeah as a head coach um Form, former former head coach State. at
0: Miami. If, right. If, so he's done it before.
1: And he's been a defensive yeah. coordinator in a lot of big places, um, most recently Penn State. Um, that's going to have an impact on their game, obviously, not having your coordinator there. But so he's moving along as the head coach of Duke.
0: Yeah. And I think that he brings that attitude that Elko, you know, has kind of put that toughness at Duke. I think, I think Diaz will do it. I thought he was a great coach for Miami, but miami since the 90s has really just not been the miami that everybody remembers other than the dorsey year 2001 and 2 um but ken dorsey had an offensive line that gave him all the world to throw had some guy named ed reed playing safety jeremy shock he tied in that Mm -hmm. a pretty good football team if i remember right there terry um and i say that sarcastically but I always thought Manny Diaz brought that edge and that swagger to the U, and they didn't. It didn't work out. Now they got Cristobal there, who's still employed somehow. Um, and I say <laughs> somehow because Miami is quick to pull the trigger on a football coach. They, they, how many have they been through in the last thirty years? It's, it's a lot of football coaches from Erickson on at Miami. They have been through a ton of Man, football. And I tell coaches. you what, if we um, if we have
1: a Miami episode, it'll be nothing but bitching from everywhere. <laughs> from me, from you. From Nebraska our lost State three friend. national championships
0: yeah. to Miami. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Does, do we have any fans that like Miami? I mean, come on. I,
0: I don't I don't know that we do. Um I know we've got a Tennessee fan and I know we've got Uh, some
1: nebraska fans some nebraska
0: fans somebody
1: from the state of alabama keeps (laughs) downloading we're getting big numbers in alabama nobody's telling me they're listening i would imagine we got a lot of alabama fans listening yeah but yeah i don't know maybe auburn uh, twitter has caught on to me i don't know maybe that's it
0: that could be the uh the auburn the auburn twitter and the the parody Twitter you shared with me the one time is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I had to give on up point. on
1: Auburn Twitter. I could not stand all the whining. So any of y'all that uh, are listening, quit bitching.
0: I only follow the supportive Twitter accounts for Nebraska. It's Twitter.
1: Nobody we, supports anything
0: on Twitter. It's nothing That's but why we call it what Code are you Red. Delu- the delusional level of the Code Red <laughs> because we think Kyle McCord is coming to the University of Nebraska. Oh, that'll be great um, if he does. Oh, Can't it'll be see. amazing. But Miami, Diaz going to Duke, big deal back in the ACC. Penn State hires anti Andy. Uh, yeah, good go luck. I'll Hickey. let you say that. Yeah. The Kansas, Kansas OC, and he's going to be the OC there for Penn State.
1: Right. Probably
0: a little higher profile job, but he's yeah. got his work cut out for him because one thing Penn State lacked this year, we talked about it, was a quarterback. Didn't have a good trigger, man. He's going to have to figure out the offense there. And then you've got a bunch of these other ones, Tulane, John Sumrall, Detroit head coach, anything on him other than Tulane had a pretty good no, season? No, I don't
1: really know. No, Willie Fritz, I've heard a little bit about, you know, obviously Tulane, um, one of the better, um, you know, a lot of these are dominoes. Tulane hires John Sumrall. Houston hires Willie Fritz. Um Here's one that was interesting to me, though. Middle Tennessee hires Derek Mason as their head coach. You know, why do I a...
0: know that this is? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, to you know, obviously he's bounced around a little bit. Um, he was at Vanderbilt. He was the defensive coordinator at Auburn. Took a couple of years off, and then now he's going to be the head coach at Middle Tennessee.
0: That's where I know that name from. Okay, and then of course we talked about Patrino. Back at Arkansas, they say you can't go home. Who's that? Who's lying to us, Barry? He's back in Arkansas at <laughs> Fayetteville. Well, this last uh, one
1: I have listed, though, this, you know, we can talk all day about Bobby Petrino. We've got the pictures and the receipts to show it. But this last one shows you the difference in level of programs. Syracuse yeah. doesn't hire a coordinator from Georgia. Syracuse hires Fran Brown, the defensive backs coach from Georgia as their head coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one wants to go to Syracuse, but if you want to be a head coach, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And that's not any offense to the orange men, but what's the draw of the of the Syracuse and you and I will both say it. The basketball school mm-hmm. that that, I mean, well, they've got a dome, right? So,
1: yeah, as long as Boheim Bohai-
0: <laughs> is there, and I don't know if he's still there, but as long as Jim Boheim's been there, it's been a basketball school. And um, Syracuse, unfortunately, like you said, their coach did some good things this year and they shit canned him anyway. Yeah. so I mean I think they that,
1: were they were undefeated they won like their first five games four games or something like that
0: and then they drastically fell off when they ran into some some competition but yeah um I mean hell Clemson who I picked to win the ACC because of who they are what they've been they lost four games this year for the first time in a decade yeah so um, I was
1: reading and I don't know what I don't remember which job it was. I wish I knew, but
0: oh, and um, by the way, just just real quick to finish up these firings, the Florida coach Billy Napier is still employed, which is why <laughs> you I need told to make one of that our,
1: list every week.
0: <laughs> I told our fans that uh, I am fake news, but I swore up and down Billy Napier would be fired because of the way Florida did not play this year, as much as how they played. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are not. They are not a consistent football team. I figured Napier would be on the chopping block because Florida, again, is one of those teams that or universities that doesn't have a problem disposing of a head football coach. They will get rid of them in a minute, and they haven't. So um, a little surprising, Terry, a little surprising.
1: Well, that's okay. That's okay. We'll, um, he might get we'll see fired what next happens. Week. Well, yeah. I was going to say next year because the competition's going to get stiff next year in the SEC. And um, I think Florida's schedule, you know, some of them are harder than others. Uh, there's several that are very difficult. I think Florida's is not very easy because they've got – Did you see Did I think you think they got Georgia's Miami well? and Florida yeah. State outside yeah. of the conference. And then, obviously, they got um, – Either Texas or Oklahoma. I don't know which one they play. But, yeah, it's um it's not going to be getting easier. Not at all. So, he may be going after next year. I think they wanted to give him a little more time. We'll have to see what happens. They are recruiting well, though. I mean, Florida's near the top of the recruiting list. So uh, You ready?
0: I got it pulled up. Miami. Um, Sanford Bulldogs. And these are all home games to start with. Listen to this shit. They play Miami August 31st, Samford Bulldogs, the A&M Aggies, and the UCF Knights. First four games are in Gainesville. Then they're on the road, and they play Tennessee at Neyland Stadium. Mm -hmm. Then they get the Bulldogs in Jacksonville. Then it's the Rebels in Gainesville, Florida State in Tallahassee, Kentucky in Gainesville, LSU in Gainesville, and they close the season out with the Bulldogs, of Mississippi State, and Starkville. That's the 2024 schedule for your Florida Where was game. was Florida State in there? Florida State is in Tallahassee November 30th during rivalry, rivalry week.
1: Okay, so they're they, not they f- don't have, finishing out. They,
0: yeah, they don't have dates. On, yeah, that's the last game of the season. They don't have dates on Kentucky, LSU, oh, or Mississippi Oh, that's right. Okay, State. that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because they have not shown the dates for all of them. Some of it started to leak, but um, I don't know where, like a central location to get all that info. So I'm not really. I'm sure on FBSschedules.com,
0: schedule. and that's what Tom. I
1: normally go to. But they're not going to show anything that hasn't been made official yet. There's been some leaks on some other sites, but I've just kind of seen it in passing. But that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's going to be a tough, tough schedule. I know Samford is uh, not, is not much there, but, um, well, I know that
0: George, it. I know that Georgia got guarantees, got both Alabama and Texas. Cause they got, they've got Texas during the formula one race weekend in Austin that weekend. Apparently, yes. when prices—did we talk about this? You I and I talked about video this?
1: On this. Where this guy was—this right. so guy was saying that Texas picked Georgia to come to play them in Austin on the week that the um, hotels are going to be super expensive, uh,
0: so that they can keep the, get... keep the keep the keep the Georgia fans from traveling. I hate to tell the guy that wrote that article, and maybe I didn't send this to you in a text. Uh, Georgia fans travel; they're going to yeah. be there. It doesn't matter. That's so funny, but but uh, they're guaranteed. Georgia is guaranteed both Alabama and Texas in the same season. Yeah, um, and I and I believe Alabama is the end of September. Texas is a couple weeks later. You know, uh, big big games. Yeah, you guys got California, New Mexico, Georgia, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Razorbacks, the Sooners. The Aggies, the Commodores, a Vandy. Still got Vandy, Terry. Still got Kentucky Vandy. Kentucky and Mizzou. So your schedule's not easy by any means. No. Not at all.
1: Got Oklahoma at Auburn. So that'll be good. The home game. It's at
0: Jordan Hare, yeah. Yeah. But we so both know happen. we go we both know we go into the Iron Bowl at Brian Denny, Tuscaloosa, we are. Alabama. We will be
1: there. I'll probably regret it, but we'll be there. <laughs> I don't know. I There's put, so many trips going on that we got. I already planned, put my
0: vacation time in, Terry. Don't you start
1: going to be out for six months next year with all these trips.
0: <laughs> Good trips though. Well, Good let trips. me tell
1: you, I don't know. You and I probably need to get together off air and really to figure out, I was trying to look at, um, in during bowl season and when the bowls are trying to dodge Christmas, obviously. Um, cause that's on the weekend. Um, when we can get together to record again so it might be a week this time but then that next week is going to be hitting right on the holiday so um, all we can tell you at this point guys is we're going to try to um, kind of have some kind of standard schedule here but this is the first postseason we've gone through so uh, we're going to have to figure it out as we go Uh, we'll roughly do one a week who knows what day it'll come out but um, we're going to look at all the bowl games talk about all the fun stuff that happens. Hopefully we have a lot of crazy endings on that stuff. Maybe there's some snow in some cases. Um, We'll see what happens. But um, as always, sir, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up and uh, look for the first set of bowl games?
0: Yeah, it's bowling time. Come make us look stupid. Join our link. It's on all the socials. Please have a good time with us. Know that you don't hear the sarcasm in my voice if I respond to you on social media. Most of the time, I'm just picking and having a good time with people, and in no way, shape, or form am I serious about something that I refer to me and Terry as doing. It's called fake news, okay? So that's us right here, fake news. Uh, But certainly, it's bowling time. This is one of my favorite times of the year once we get past Christmas and towards the New Year bowl games. Because those are the ones that are typically, you know, the most competitive or at least between the biggest names. Uh, this year, though, a lot of those big names won't be playing. So we'll see.
1: That's right. And I guess my final thoughts are this. Not only is it bowl season, it's also a good time of year to show people you love them, uh, that you appreciate them. You're, they're, you're glad that they're in your life. Um, don't leave those words unsaid, people because uh, you never know when you might not be able to talk to somebody again. Just make somebody smile that may not have another a lot of reasons to smile. But we'll talk to you later. We appreciate you all for listening, and um, let's have some good bowl games, guys. Thank you for listening. We are TNA Top 10 on all social media. I'm TWeave79. He's 30 year fan. We're available weekly where you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, and share. Thank you.